Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. I recorded this episode with Alex yesterday. So I'm sitting down to do this intro and I'm still like reveling in the conversation. Alex is just so warm and you're going to love hearing her story. Alex Morinello is the owner of a boutique marketing agency called Pop the Campaign. Um, It used to be formerly known as Champagne and Tequila. I started following her, I think, during the pandemic because she was doing these hilarious, hilarious reels on Instagram about marketing. And my friend Kendra introduced me to her and I just loved her. I've actually worked with her and got to know her through that process. And then um, when I you know, created this new framework for for the work that I do called Healthy-ish, I decided to reach out to a few really busy, you know, female professionals, entrepreneurs, moms, like just people who are in my sort of like ideal client arena to sort of say like, hey, would you be open to um, me doing a Healthy-ish blueprint for you? And then you can give me some feedback and I can get to learn more about the challenges that are happening in this sphere. And so Alex was one of the people that I reached out to and she said, yes. And you'll hear in the episode, it came at a really prime time for her because in this episode, we are going to talk about the intersections of business and health and burnout, the vulnerability of putting yourself out there online and the toll that it takes on your nervous system and your self-esteem and your self-confidence, what it looks like when you develop burnout in your business, a business that you love um, and work that you love, but you find it hard to show up every day. And the way that Alex worked her way back from that, and she's really open about the diets and the diet culture that she's bought into in the past. And then, you know, again, through these eras that I love talking about, she found herself in the IDGAF era or the, you know, like letting it all go era. And then the struggle of moving forward into healing when you're still sore and you're still like, you don't know what the right thing is to do. And you're scared. It's going to trigger old diet mentality and the really intuitive solutions that she found. And then how my healthiest blueprint came in and helped sort of validate all of that for her and affirm her intuition in so many ways. So it's an incredible conversation. Um, a little content warning. We do talk about weight in it. We do talk about, you know, food and, and some specific choices. So just if those things are sensitive or sore for you, they come near the end of the episode, but they are in there. We are talking about weight. We are talking about specific numbers, etc. cetera. Uh, enjoy. I think you're going to really love this one. 
I now have an Amazon storefront. I am very excited about this. I know that there are some feels about Amazon and I get it because I shop local all the time. And also I occasionally grab things on Amazon and I love that too. And I'm embracing the ish and allowing this ishy space to be a place where I can share my absolute favorite healthy-ish things with you. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes and I want you to go check it out. There are kitchen organization tools. There is glassware as self-care, beautiful glassware for your cocktails and your mocktails and your green juices. You'll get a sneak peek into my cookbook obsession, all my favorite cookbooks. Um, I have a section on biohacking for babes that I'm building out. It's still... It's still new, but if you listen to my biohacking for babes episode, I'm trying to put things in this space so that you can jump on board as well. There are supplements that I love. There are, you know, shweeing the fung out of your home uh, items for your, for your making your home and the energy in your home the most beautiful possible. And also my favorite travel supplements and skincare products. So head on over the links in the show notes do some shopping, let me know what you get, uh, and have a little fun. Um, I'm Alex Morinello. I'm the owner and operator of Pop the Campaign Social, um, formerly known as Champagne and Tequila, but it is now moved into a slightly different space. We are still in social media marketing and management, and my day-to-day is really working with clients to create a more attainable, manageable, sustainable approach to their social media marketing. Um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners, but I've also started working more on the corporate consulting side of things, which has been kind of daunting, if I'm being honest but also really exciting because you think that sometimes you know why would someone in these bigger places need advice from you but because you're in the mix all day it it just kind of adds that little bit of value to you and it gives you a little bit of confidence so that's kind of what I do right now um yeah and then when I'm not working I'm a mom and a partner to an amazing person who is a great supportive not husband, but boyfriend, I guess, if you will, and uh, father to our kids. And we love to just like go out and adventure. We just recently bought a travel trailer. So that should be a fun summer. So So fun. So (laughs) fun. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of a hot mess of a mom and a business owner trying to make it work. And that's That's me. (laughs) Yeah. I think hot mess is like the ongoing, the ongoing vibe, you know, for all the, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like the idea of sustainable and more manageable social media is the dream, I think, for everyone who's in this space. Like, oh, my God. How? Yeah, I, I don't know how some people keep up with it. Um, I personally experienced like what I didn't realize at the time was like a full on burnout situation. And that really just made me see, like, I just see everything I've done in the past, like so differently now. And I don't regret any of it. And I don't look back on any of it and and feel like I shouldn't have been doing those things. I just think that there's just such a healthy way to do social media and show up for your business or show up for whatever your message is that you're sharing. And the past like year has really been a lot of unlearning that. And I think, you know, you and I connecting again was like, so part of this journey that I guess I'm going on. Yeah. So it was just kind of that divine timing, if you will. (laughs) Are you okay? Do you, would you be okay to talk about that a little more? Cause I'm going to tell you, like, I have been feeling that. And I like, I think it's so interesting because I take really good care of myself, but I've had like, I had like, I've had some recent revelations and like, even just this morning, I had a revelation, like, 
I think my underlying belief system is I continually need to be fixed or like, and just realizing that a lot of even the self-care practices, like maybe they worked for a certain amount of time, but like, I think they're killing my adrenal glands. I'm not sure. But the bigger thing here is not about me. It's about the fact that I've been feeling this vibe that I need to just like shift things up a little bit. Um, and then I was a friend had some people over for drinks on Saturday night. And at the last minute, she's like, what are you doing? Can you come over? So I popped over and every single, so they had been together before I got there. So they had been having conversations and mm-hmm. I got there. And then I was like explaining how I was feeling after, you know, the weeks that I'd been having. And they were like, oh my God, we all just described the exact same thing. Like, and then I, I recorded a podcast with um, Sue, Susan, of Isla Pearl. She does like styling and stuff on Monday. And as soon as we got Mm -hmm. on, she's like, I feel like I'm like one bad thing away from everything falling apart in my life. And so I'm just wondering, I don't know, do you feel comfortable talking about that? Like what happened with the burnout? How did you know you were burnt out? And then like, let's talk about how you started to work your way back. And then we can talk about kind of what, what we did together. Yes. Um, hundred percent comfortable. I think, um, there's a couple of people on Instagram that I follow that have really talked about, uh, you know, similar things. One of them being Mallory Rowan, if you're not already following her, honestly, like amazing, just very raw, honest and real and not so, um, some of it goes a little bit woo. I'm totally woo. I can go as woo as you want me to go, but I also understand that for some people that's not, you know, what helps them or heals them or whatever. And so, now I've seen a lot more people talk about it, but I'm shifting my content a bit to be a little more open to talking about that because I think it's really important. And I, I didn't realize at the time that I was going through burnout. I had, it was like 2020 was like the absolute best year of my business. I had been working, doing this for like six years at the time. I had been making it work with the kids. I, you know, didn't take maternity leaves. I was just I was always home. I was always doing this. And so that was what I was always doing. <laughs> like was yeah. just social media. That's, that's I was my, showing that's up. That's my history too. I worked from yeah. the kids were born all the way through. Yeah. All the way through. Well, yeah. and for me, it was like, I found it so second nature that I didn't see any issue with not taking a maternity leave. Why would I need yeah. to? It was so yeah. easy. I worked when they napped. I, you know, Same. I just had yeah. this ebb and flow that worked so well. So I didn't even think I needed to. And then 2020 hit and I just went on this, like a rocket. Like I felt like I hopped on a subway and just like zoomed so fast. I had made the most money I ever, ever made. I worked with the most clients I had ever worked with. I was up every morning, like hair, makeup, ready to go. Kids were home, pandemic hits. I'm home even more, can't do anything. Both kids are home. But for some reason there was this like fire under my ass that like, just kept going. Like I didn't sleep. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to stop. Like I was so obsessed and excited about it. And I had never been that like motivated. I was so, I I felt like I had found something that was like working and people were finding me and people were signing up and I had passive offers. Like just things were just running so well that it was almost like, I felt like if I got off, it was all going to go away. And, but I, I also didn't feel like negative against it. It was like what I loved. Like I just loved it. I showed up every morning. I would not be on all day, every day. I did lives. Like I just didn't care. And I think because everyone else was in the same position and they were at home and they didn't care if your kids were in the background of a Zoom or they didn't care if your kids were on your story screaming or whatever, because their kids were too. So (laughs) it was fine. 
However, at the end of, well, I'd say like the beginning of 2021, I started to just kind of feel like, okay, I need to hire someone. And it was con- this constant thing in the back of my head of, I need an assistant or I need a content person or I need, like, I need some help. But then I had this issue <laughs> where I kept feeling like, well, if I'm not doing every little thing, it's not my work. I can't claim it. I can't whatever. And at the time I was kind of pursuing more of like a speaker trajectory and wanted to do more of the education side. And, but I also wanted to do all the work. And so it was probably a control thing, mostly just, you know, not wanting my name tarnished. And I did have a couple of situations where like people had taken things like courses or, or webinars, webinars that I had done and maybe expected something different, even though it was very clear what I put out there. And I took those so personally, personally. Yeah. And it became so much, it was like one of a hundred and I would stick focused on that one person and like, why didn't they like that? Or why wasn't this enough for them or whatever? And I would obsess over it. And it just kind of became more and more of that. Like I was really dissecting everything too deep or like letting things affect me too much or for too long. Like if something's not going to matter in five minutes or five years or whatever, why am I spending so much time on it? Or um, even like and, five weeks. So, you know. Yeah. Or five yeah. hours. Like it was yes, just yes, stupid, yes. you know? Um, And then I kind of hit a point where I like started to gradually gain weight. I have a fun history with diet culture, but I started to gain weight, but I was so happy. And so like in my moment, so it was like, I didn't really see that. And so then I started getting not a lot, but again, a few comments here and there, like, oh, you know, I didn't realize you had a double chin or wow, you gained so much weight or, um, was I can't this online stop looking or at... like in your yeah, life? Yeah. Like oh. comments. I had one video in particular on like, I can see this and it's so stupid because it's like, it doesn't even matter, but it mattered so much at the time. Um, I had one video that was like, not my normal content. I posted it on a Friday. It had like no views. And I was like, okay, it's a flop, whatever. Checked out for the weekend because I have this weekend role with myself and came back on Monday to over a million views. And oh I God. was like, yeah, like, how does that happen? Why? Like, yeah. for what? And it was not related to more normal content. It was super relatable, like viral style content. So I understood why it performed the way that it did. But why? Why a million views over a weekend? That's crazy. And so many of the comments were just talking about, like, it was probably not my best angle. And yes, I had my double chin out in full, <laughs> like, you know, whatever effect. And it it just made me realize like, wow, there's all these people that are paying attention to what I look like. And it never mattered what I looked like when I was sharing information. And it never mattered what I looked like when I was educating or giving you tips and tricks and helping you through your business. But now that you're looking at me as just a random stranger on the internet, you feel inclined to give me these comments about what I look like. And I've always never cared. I always knew I was not the skinniest, maybe not the prettiest, maybe not whatever. I was just very aware of who I was and what I was doing. And I loved that. And I was okay with that. But to have random strangers on the internet who didn't even have a profile picture, you know, of your course. typical of course. people. Yeah. I, the weight was insane. And that wasn't even when I hit burnout, but that was when I started to be more self-conscious of me, myself. But I do, I do think that like the, you know, you're describing this turn into the negative aspects of, of like online entrepreneurship for sure. But I think this shows up in, in all kinds of environments, right? There's always yep. like 
there's always something that's not great, whatever your work environment is. And when we become more and more like enmeshed with the negative side of things, our focus is more and more on the negative side of things. Like that, I think that expedites burnout because there's, you know, everyone has stress in their lives and how we perceive it is such a big part of how our body processes it. Right. Yeah. And so if the story is, I love this, this is great. Everything's, but if the story's like, people are literally sucking me dry and feeling the, like feeling like they can tear me apart online. That's a really different vibe, right? Such a different vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it takes that like rose colored, like for me, this was a hobby. This was like what I poured myself into because I didn't have a lot of friends around me or I didn't have a lot of like things to do at the time. Like two young kids, you're at home, you're working, you know, whatever. Um, as soon as you start to see the negative come out. And I never fully understood sometimes when I was working with clients or, you know, talking to certain people about things and they're like, yeah, it's such a negative space to be a I part of. That. Could you try again? <laughs> Siri's trying to, Siri's okay, trying Siri. to jump in. That was the wildest <laughs> thing. She's always listening, this girl. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's that. so funny. Because you weren't invited to the conversation, oh my god. Siri. <laughs> Stay out of it. I can't stop laughing. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, that scared me. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh anyway. One of the negative sides of technology. Always listen. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um yes, I guess just being more aware on that side and like not seeing. Well, you were saying you weren't was, understanding, like when you were working with other people and they were experiencing it maybe before yeah. you did. And you're like, it's not that big of a deal. It was a comment, but when it's directed at you, right. You have to build a very thick skin. Yeah. It's, it's rough. My business the, coach, Erica, who's like yeah. been on the podcast before, like people will just say like, you look so old. You look this, you look, she's like, okay, your voice is annoying. You're this. like, she's just like, you Thanks. know, like, right. Thanks for what can feedback. I do about that? Well, that's it. It's so many comments about things that like are just inherently part of who we are. It's just so hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, I think that was always just like a thing where I never thought that it mattered. And that's why I loved doing that so much was that like, it didn't matter because most of the time, to be honest, before reels, I wasn't really showing my face as much unless it was in stories, like on Instagram, because it was about the fee, the aesthetic, you know, like whatever it looked like to, to make this brand. So when people would say like, it's such a negative place, I can't be online. I'd be like, well, no, social media itself. And I still do believe this like theory, if you will, that like social media itself isn't bad. It amplifies a lot of the bad that we bring onto it or, you know, our own insecurities with things. And my burnout or whatever you want to call it, came from a lot of that, you know, starting to see things in that negative light and starting to see like, oh, well, she's sharing this. So I shouldn't share it. Cause like, who cares what I'm saying? And I never thought those things before. So it was these like, would you call that intrusive thoughts? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's it. Intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. They start, to, they start became... to get in the way of doing anything productive or positive or that give you esteem that make you feel good. And I think the yeah. other, the other thing that is interesting about social media is that the more raw, unfiltered kind of just showing up as you stuff does actually do really well. Mm -hmm. And too polished is also criticizable by a lot of people. Oh, yeah. 
So it's just this double-edged thing where it's like too perfect problem, not perfect problem. And like you said, it's about developing this like internal fortitude to just be like, these people don't, if you don't have a profile picture and you're not sharing content and you're not being vulnerable, like you don't, for me anyway, I'm like, your thoughts don't count for me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't hold that. If you have a private account, if you, if you have never experienced the vulnerability of putting yourself online and sharing your thoughts and views with the world, you know, as hard as it you is, can. Like you don't, you don't, your, your, your criticisms don't matter. Yeah. No. And that's where, like, I think even on my side of things, I started to realize, like, as someone walking people through that, that I wasn't as aware of the insecurities that people had or the hesitations that people had. Um, I can't remember who it was the other day. I'll, figure it out um she was posting on her stories and she's she's like I'm trying to act natural on here but like it's not natural to look at your face while you're talking like when you're talking in a room full of people you're not talking to your face you're talking to people around you and I laughed because like it was funny and she was making a joke but it's so true like we don't have our face shoved in our face while we're talking all day but when we're doing social we are when we're showing up on our stories we are when we're doing tiktoks we are and sometimes that can be really detrimental especially when there's so many filters like even when you don't have a filter on your face you still have a filter on the camera and so it looks different and then when you see yourself in a mirror it's hard to connect those two people sometimes if you've only been looking at the person in the phone and so it becomes just this whole other world and you have this whole other identity and I think I started to have to deal with who I really was and what I really wanted and what it looked like to really build something that I loved and not loved because it made money not loved because it came with fame, but loved because if I woke up in the morning and didn't get paid for what I was doing, that I'd actually enjoy doing it. Doing it. Yeah. And like, that was like this veil of like not being this business person, but being myself was when things, you know, kicked off more in terms of the followers. But I also just felt so insecure and felt so just like, like they're going to criticize everything. And I think that's when the like belief in myself kind of got kicked out from under my feet. I just felt like I had this like crazy belief in myself. I knew I was going to do it. All the other things in life didn't work out the way that I wanted them to do, but this, I had control over this. I was going to be able to make happen. And I did. And then I think when things started to go negative, it just became so amplified and it became hard to work with clients, became hard to be a motivator for other people. And I just like couldn't <laughs> like yeah. just so what like, happened what like what was the end point like did you have to take time off or what did you end up doing well so I started hearing people talk about burnout more and I guess once you start to become aware of something it's like when you're like gonna buy a certain car all of a sudden you're like oh my god everyone has the same car like this is yes. crazy you know <laughs> like um and I just like kept seeing little like quotes or little stories about it or just things and I was like I don't really understand what that is but sure And so I had started a program that I was going to run that coming summer. And normally I don't sleep. I don't eat. I get it all like ready to go. I'm so excited. I'm just like building things. I'm writing things, but I didn't, I built like a basic sales page. And then like the motivation to sell just like, wasn't there. The motivation to get people in the group just wasn't there. But I knew if I didn't like follow through, I was working with a business coach at the time. Like, you know, I didn't want to fail her. So I was doing the things that needed to be done to get that done. Yeah. And I got compared to what I would usually sell or book in or get people in this, just like 
didn't happen. I guess people could probably feel that I wasn't as passionate about it. Like I wasn't as involved. And so I was expecting about 20 people. And I think I got about four. And although I was happy for those four people, I just spiraled. We were away for the weekend um, in Ottawa. And I just remember like turning off my phone and being like, I'm so like embarrassed I'm so like ashamed and I didn't know where these feelings were coming from because I didn't ever feel these things about my own business and the things that I did. And it was literally like that weekend that I just started to feel like things internally like shut down, if you will, where it was like almost like the the balloon deflated. And I was like, whoa, like, and then it, it went into this grief feeling. And I just like, looking back, I understand why I was so confused or irrational about things because it was such a weird uncomfortable feeling and I didn't know where it was coming from and I was so used to just like picking it back up and like let's go but for some reason it just wasn't happening and around that time I just felt like okay that failed I had a couple other clients like let's just move on and do what I can do but it just felt like I was tripping over myself like I was there but I wasn't there and it just wasn't working And so randomly I had a friend reach out to me. Well, this is where I was also like, maybe I just need some time off, but why would I take time off? Like you can't take time off. And I had a similar (laughs) experience. Like, and I think that what people maybe don't understand from the outside, because I didn't, I definitely didn't understand it from the inside was that putting ourselves out there online. I had never thought about it like this until I did some work with Simone Grace soul, who's a, she's blown up in the past few years, but I think I started with her before she like really blew up, but that putting yourself out there online, asking people to buy from you, putting your heart and soul into something. It's like as vulnerable as falling in love and having someone not like unrequited love or like asking for the biggest thing ever in your life and having somebody just be like, no bored, you know, like it Mm -hmm. taps into these incredibly deep, actual like hurts that we have sore spots traumas and like I had never thought about it like that like and then I I think it was it was the beginning of 2022 I launched a different version of healthy-ish and like I just same thing I was like kind of in it but I was having a hard time and I like fell down the stairs and I got COVID and like there's all these weird things where I feel like actually I actually feel like my body was trying to save me from whatever this too scary thing was, which was like putting myself out there again after doing it so many Mm -hmm. times. And same thing. I thought I'd have like 15 to 20 people in this program. And there was like seven or eight. And again, this is all arbitrary, right? Like my friend and I were just talking about this the other day, like seven or eight people in a group is a beautiful number, four or five people. Like that's a beautiful number of people to have in a group program. Right. But I had set these arbitrary goals and I didn't meet them. And same thing. It pulls up feelings of like not belonging. Like, it's not just like my program, like, and I don't think I'm just going to be a little gendered and a little blunt here. I don't think it's the same with men in business. I think that this is a particularly female thing. And I think that women bring so many interesting, amazing things to their work because of their compassion and personal involvement. But I think Mm -hmm. it also tears from women, especially online in a different way, because there's this exposure, this added layer of vulnerability to everything you do. Um, so yeah. And that's like, yeah, it's, it's big. It's, it's huge. 
it's huge. It's huge. And I think women more specifically, like, I think we're so used to these like bro marketers and like, Oh, like I made a million dollars and I've got a Porsche and I've got whatever, like, you know, trying to sell their business with females though. I feel like it's, or women more particular, just like the emotional investment that we have, we want to be liked. We want people to be in our community. We want to nurture. We want to love. We want to care. We want all of that. And so to almost dilute it to here's a screenshot of how much I made this month and here's whatever. And like, that's the only value that you have, or that's the only way that you can be seen as value within your industry. At least in mine, it's like a huge thing to constantly have screenshots of Stripe payments, screenshots of comments, people being like, oh, you changed my life or, oh, this is so amazing. Or like all of these reviews from people or testimonials. And we don't realize how much goes into actually getting those screenshots and setting them up properly and whatever. So we're, we're banking on that. Like I was, I needed the 20 people in that group because I wanted to change 20 people's lives. That's a freaking huge task to (laughs) ask you to do. Like, you know, that's, wild that you would think that you would fully change 20 people's lives maybe one day or maybe through different processes but why would you put that kind of pressure on yourself when you can really help them do this one thing really well and that's going to change a really like small but important part of their life but you can't take on also just like like, i think what you're saying is like you can also just help them you could just solve a problem yeah like (laughs) and that's fine yeah I mean, I'm out there looking for it every single day for myself. I'm like buying a concealer to solve a problem. I'm not expecting India to fix my life. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just want my under eye circles covered occasionally. But like, yeah, no, I think that that's a really, that's a really huge thing. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that, again, I think that women bring a really interesting um, amount of care and, and personalization to their work. But for me, definitely and I'm so interested to hear what happened for you after that like launch um for me we had planned a trip it was like the big just the beginning edges of COVID were peeling back right and we saw Mm -hmm. this opening my husband had taken a four-month sabbatical we had to apply for it the year before and so we decided to go for it even though we didn't know what was going to happen and so we just decided to jump and to go with our family and so we did Europe for two months and I worked I remember that it's I like, loved following that. <laughs> it, well, and like, because the world was just opening, like no one was traveling yet. And it felt a bit yep. risky. I also personally felt that we needed examples of people who were doing things. And we were definitely like following all the rules in the countries. We had done yes. all the things, but also I felt like part of my healthy ish was like, we need people to be together again. And we need to see the world and we need to like get out with our kids and see art and like music. And I felt like this, I was just trying to be an example of that as the world was like opening back up. But that also felt so vulnerable and scary, right? Like there was comments sometimes. And I was like, I felt really good about what we were doing. I felt like we were being really safe. I felt like it was incredibly interesting to see what other countries in the world felt about this pandemic. And some felt more strongly than we do. Some felt less strongly, like it was just, or not less strongly, but they just were interpreting ways to manage it differently, which I thought was endlessly interesting. Um, anyway, but through that time, I was like, oh, I, to me, that was like, for me also the first iteration of like this business and life needs to change. And I have to find this balance of like investing my personal self while also allowing it to just be a business that helps people solve problems. Like I was like, and, and 
I tore everything apart and it's been a year of like rebuilding and with a new like vibe and message. And I think even right now what's happening like this, there's been some like a lot going on in my life. I feel like it's just like more iterations of this, right? Like, oh wait, Mm -hmm. you haven't looked at this yet. Oh wait, you haven't pulled this apart yet. Like, like just expecting so much of ourselves all the time. But anyway, back to you. Oh yes. Like what happened after, after that launch and that like, not like, not being present. You're like kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that was in like May because essentially what I was trying to do is like set myself up and set this group up so that we kind of had the summer. We had the quarter of the summer to be like in in together and focused and doing this and whatever. And I also kind of wanted that consistency of like, I'm going to focus on this one offer for the summer. We're going to build this. We're going to do this, whatever. So it was in like May. And then honestly, when that didn't work out, I just kind of went into this like robot mode for a little while of just like, get the client work done, do what I wasn't selling anything. I didn't feel inclined to, I, I just kind of lost that spark or that whatever you have in you to show up it's like enthusiasm right I that was exactly yeah. for me too I was just I felt so happy to just show up and complete the work that was paid for and yeah. that was it that was like and all that I was had in me. totally the mentality where in my head for the first time in my whole time of working on my own was like if I could just get a job where I can just show up do my job and clock out as, as much as people are resisting that and, you know, the people that I'm working with are trying to get out of that cycle. I just needed something that didn't require my brain. It didn't re- like, I just wanted to come in and do the work and go. And so I started applying for a couple of things, but it just felt like, okay, so who's going to take care of the kids and where's my flexibility and how is all this going to work out? But because of COVID and so many remote jobs still existing, I had a friend that I went to school with reach out randomly. And she was like, Hey, I don't know if you need a job, but like, I need someone to like fill in for this freelance contract. If you, if it's something you want to do, let me know. If not totally understand. And I was like, sure. Like, let me see what it is. Like, tell me about it. And she goes, Oh, I'll book you a call for tomorrow. So I said, well, okay, (laughs) cool. You know, (laughs) I thought she was going to tell me all about it. No, tomorrow morning, it was like a Wednesday. The person that I got on the call with was assuming that I was already like good to go. She, Yeah like interviewed me like to just make sure I wasn't like a a killer and was like just like oh you know she's good she'll make it work whatever and asked me a few questions and then was like okay great we start at 9 a.m tomorrow we do a like morning huddle and like whatever and I just remember being like like I didn't send a resume I didn't send like whatever and the universe was just like providing if we're gonna go that woo I feel like the universe was like here's what you need Alex please yes yeah And I remember feeling like I can't tell anyone that I have a job because for so long I'd been this entrepreneur, business owner, like whatever girl boss thing. And I was like, I can't tell anyone. And so I just started showing up less and less. And I did that for like eight months. And I, I won't say I loved the job because it just like, wow, like the corporate really came back in and it was for a global company household names situation and the craziest part about it. So this is where I think I really was like, holy crap. If I was going to hit rock bottom, quote unquote, I'm going to hit it even farther here because for the longest time, 
I always had this like imposter thing about the fact that I had never worked for these big companies. Like everyone who was around me was like, I worked for CNN. Oh, and I, I for, yeah. Yes. I did all these things and I left corporate. I broke through the chains and I, now I'm doing my own thing. And I didn't leave my original job because I hated it. I left because I got pregnant and needed something that worked better. I was about to go on a world tour with an artist at the time. And they were like, yeah, you can't travel because you're pregnant. And I was like, super great. And so I couldn't keep that job. And so like me doing my own thing was me just in survival mode. It wasn't because I was like this amazing person looking for a new opportunity. It was just what my life provided. And so working for this company and realizing that like everything I was doing for them was things I was already doing for clients, like to a T, like to yes. a T. And it made me just feel like, you know how they say, don't meet your heroes. That was like literally the moment where I was like, wow, I thought this was going to give me so much credibility. And I thought this was going to make me just so much better at what I do. And what it actually just made me feel was sad. And like, wow, like you've been holding on to this for so long and all it is, is no one knows your name. No one cares that you did this project. They just knew that there was a body in the seat and someone provided something on the due date that it was due and that the deliverables were met and the report was done and you were paid and that's it. And it could have been anyone in that seat. And while that might not be everyone's case because you have to go through loops and hoops to get into certain positions, it just felt so like you're just another number. You're just another person on the payroll and as much as that was fine at the time, it just made me realize that, that I needed a little bit more to be satisfied. But I was also so burnt out at the time <laughs> that it was so great to be in this robot mode of like, okay, cool. I'm You're paying me like way more than I should be paid for the position that I'm working. Great. Super. And it allowed me to, I was remote. I could kind of work the hours that I wanted to. I was still available for the kids. I was still, you know, doing all of those things, but it was great until like the past summer and back in July I had taken like, so that contract lasted about eight months in between. I had a slight break and I was like, Oh, I'm going to do the business again. But I also had enough saved up that I was like, you know what? I could just enjoy the summer, be with the kids, like do my yeah. thing. So I did. And then that turned into like six months. And then in January, I had another side of that company reach out for another opportunity. Okay. And I only worked about four or five months. And then they presented me a full-time offer. And I was like, holy geez, like I've never been presented one of these amazing offers. Like this is great. So I said, yes, let's do it. How do I do it? And basically I was gaslit for six and a half weeks until um, one day I was on a Zoom call and <laughs> my direct report was like, hey, so we hired someone for that position. And I was like, for what position? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh yeah. And that they would love me to stay on for two more weeks to train that new person. And, and I was like, like, you're like, oh, you're breaking up. Click. <laughs> right. And I was like, I literally just like sat. I don't think I've been that stunned. I rarely don't have words. And in that moment, I was just like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. And I like just from that point until I'd say like a month ago, I'd been in this like kind of stuckness, but in this like figuring so much about myself out and like really dissecting, like I've gone th down some rabbit holes of my own self this because year. The other thing about that kind of experience though, I just want to offer is that, it, I mean, the other way to look at it is that you have the confidence to be like, I know how to do this. Like, I think sometimes there's this like 
Wizard of Oz feeling like there's going to be something so magical happening behind the curtain. And then you get back there and it's like the little man, you know, and you're like, hundred percent. Okay. And you're like, oh, and they don't even treat people very nicely. And they're like doing things that are sort of unethical. And like, I am just like, people are just a number. And you're like, wait a minute, there is a problem I can help people solve and I can help them solve it even better than whatever corporation. Yeah. Really. Right. Well, and it, I got my corporate experience. You I got, got it. You know, chewed and spit out. And now I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I have so much more empathy for the people that I'm working with in, in those positions of feeling like they're so overwhelmed, but they're like, the money is good or just good enough. Um, so how am I supposed to leave and do my own thing? And it's like, right. But now I'm in this position of, I have learned to live on not less means I was in means that I were over my head for a while there. Like I didn't need to be living the life that I was living because I wasn't even really living that life. I was just buying things or justifying things or whatever, where now I'm like, okay, we have our essentials met. We have savings. We have savings for the kids. We have like, there's just so much more depth to what we were doing instead of just a checkings account with an in and an out you know, and it's kind of like life too, where it's like, it's not just this amount that we're working with. I'm seeing so much. I would have never bought a travel trailer. Okay. Like I was, yeah. we did hotels and we did like even glamping. I would cringe at before, but now I'm like, let's do it. I'm excited. Let's travel across Canada. Let's go see what there is to offer. Well, I you think know, that like was part of my journey too, was like, and, and I just, I want to say too, similarly took on a side gig. And I really thought yep. like, I'm coming up on a year. So in about a month and it, I am lucky though, that it actually turned out, I, I was like, I'm going to do one year just to give myself the space to like, yes, think this through, think this out. Um, and I work for an eating disorder clinic out of Toronto and I love it. And actually it's added so much to my life. And so I don't know, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm not ready to let this baby go, you know? So I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, but I feel like I just got lucky there. Like, I think this is one of the few, there have been several times where I've taken on jobs over the years and almost always I end up leaving being like, okay, doing my own thing is the right thing for me. Yes. Um, and and similar, I'm a contractor. <laughs> I'm still, I'm like a contractor. So I'm still kind of on my own, but not anyway, it's, it feels good. But I think that one of the things has been, one of the big things has been renegotiating my, my actual definition of success. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that does happen in this online world is that we start to set our sights on like really big revenue goals and really big. And, and then when you have a moment like this, you're like, wait a minute, I don't need, I don't even need all of that. I don't even know if I want all of that because to have a business that big. I'd have to have this and many frankly, employees and this many people. And I'd be run, like, yes. I don't even know if I want to run that. Like, what would it look like? So that was one of the things with us too, was like, and I think this is part of our health. I really do. Like, if we want to wrangle burnout, if we want to actually start to change the way that we're doing life, like we have to change what we're after and like maybe how mm -hmm. we're spending money or what we're spending money on, you know, like it's, it's big. Yeah. And not putting so much into like the milestones, because I think that was also where I constantly, Agreed. I was chasing that high of like the next milestone. Well, once I get to this, I'm going to feel so good. And once I get to this, I'm going to feel so good. Well, for six years, I chased 10,000 followers on Instagram. And the day that I got 10,000 followers, I remember thinking that's it. There's no parade. There's no I, party. I'm all there. about the <laughs> process now, right? I'm all about like, what do I want my days to be like? And again, yeah. it's so interesting. And I think that this has been very helpful for me 
is I always pull parallels from like health and business. Right. And it's like, yeah, I've done a really good job of disconnecting from external, um, goals in, when it comes to my body, yes. but yes. I was still chasing those in my business. I was, I've been re- like yeah. all the lessons about being in process with your body. And what does it mean to just enjoy your body every day? And like, you know, fine tune and tweak when things are off track, but like really be in your body. It's like, I wasn't doing that in my business. I was like, like, I wasn't enjoying so the, four people, the four people or the eight people or whatever that were in the program. I mean, I was to a certain extent, but like, I was more worried about the 15 people that weren't in the program. Right. And yes. I remember listening to something, yeah. I think again, it might've been Simone, but she was like, imagine if you had a dinner party and you invited 15 people and only four showed up and you just ignored them. And all you did was like, like cry in the corner about the 11 <laughs> people that didn't show up, you know, like how rude all the time. <laughs> it's so rude. It's what you should be doing, which I just love so much. is just like treating those four guests, like the gems that they are. They're like, I don't know. And I feel like there was always a little bit of that in me, but I just feel like hearing that and I've just deepened into that. Like it's about process. It's about yes. like, be in, like you said, enjoying the work, enjoying the people. Yeah. Totally. Yes. And it's so intertwined. And I think obviously you, you have learned my past of, you know, diet culture and whatever I've experienced on that side of things, but you saying, you know, how intertwined that is in terms of like, leaving those kind of constructs when it comes to your body and like being less strict or less aware of those like little things that don't actually matter or add to your life. It's the same thing in a business, especially when you're running that business. Like when you're an employee, someone else gets to take care of all of those things, right? They're not, you're not thinking about how are we moving forward? How's everyone getting paid? Um, If I hire someone else, does that come out of my situation like how do I move forward and it's the same thing with your body when you're so incredibly aware of every little tiny thing that it actually hinders you from moving forward it's that whole I'm starting to learn about the nervous system and how we handle things and how you know in order to kind of be able to take on those higher earnings or those like less restrictions with your body. Like you need to be prepared for what that to feels manage like. your nervous system. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm like, holy like, geez, <laughs> I think you said with like earlier, like the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't like, it's the same with the, with your like nervous system, right? Like your nervous system is like, totally. okay, even if this is going way off track, like I'm comfortable over here, you know, I know what to expect yes. here. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a little bit, because I reached out to you kind of randomly. I was sort of like (laughs) redoing my business and it was just after Christmas. And I was like, you know, I've, I've, I've put together plans like this for people, but in like a really different way. And so I really just wanted to trial it out on a few people. And I really wanted to trial it out on people who I felt were like kind of my ideal clients, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, and, and quite honestly, some of the people I reached out to is really tricky and I'm going to be interviewing them as well over the next few weeks. We're like, I feel like they do actually take really good care of themselves, but there's still this layer, right? There's this layer yeah. of like pushing too hard or, or feeling like a constant project or I'm trying to do all the things right, but things just don't feel right. Like I, you know, so anyway, I reached out to like a handful of entrepreneurs that I really love 
that I've either worked with before, like you, or I've known become online friends with, and just sort of said, could I design a healthy-ish blueprint for you? And you were kind enough to say, yes. So do you want to (laughs) tell me like, what were you thinking? (laughs) Well, the crazy thing was, is at the time I had been connecting with a new friend and we were talking about human design stuff and yeah. she was like, yeah I just had this whole thing done and she's like it's so amazing you've got to have someone you know do this or look into it and I was like okay so I did like a little google like you know what is my human design or whatever and then I kind of just packed that away for like maybe a week like it just wasn't in my mind for that time because I think it, I realized it was so much more than what a Google search would do. And I just yeah. wanted to be able to understand it. So then when you reached out, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I have needed from this. The universe. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause human design for anybody listening, like I'm not a human design expert, but I've, I've like gone down that rabbit hole for a long time. Um, if you become part of like the healthiest plan, I actually have an expert who does like a full one hour deep dive with Amazing. every single person, but I'm really good at like reading the initial sort of like bits of the chart. And, uh, I love it. I love incorporating it because I think that it offers this new perspective and a new way mm-hmm. of beginning to approach health that does pull your brain out of those old constructs. Right. A hundred percent. And I think it, it justifies so many things too. Um, for myself at the time, not just like connecting with someone new, but I also had totally like let go of any type of diet that I had been on. I've gone, I've done it all. Okay. I've experienced it all. I've tried it all. I've done it all. And it's all worked till a certain point. And then when it came time to maintain was when I always things fell or I got stressed or I would not hit a certain number, obsess over it, plateau, like all of those all the things, things that yeah. we all go through. And so I started realizing that I wanted to get healthier in terms of like my habits or just be a little bit more inclusive of, you know, different foods or, you know, I see everyone healing their guts. So should I be working on my gut more? Like, you know, you're just like, I haven't done anything in so long. And when you've been off the diet train for a certain period of time, you start to get this almost anxious, like I'm not doing anything. Like I'm literally just living and eating. So like, what am I doing? I call, wrong? Yeah. I call it a little bit of the, like, I just did a podcast about the health eras and I call it like the, I don't give a fuck era a little bit yes. where you're like, okay, I put all that aside. And now I just need to sit here. And for a while, it's really functional, right? It's like very healing to sort of let everything go. And then we start to move into this new era of like, I'm like a little unsure and I'm a little sore, but like, I'm ready to move forward. What's next? Yeah. Yes. And also a little afraid of things that you know, because you're very aware of your triggers at this point. You're very aware of what's going to- Yes. Yes. Very scared that like, if I dip my toe into caring about the foods I put in my mouth, is this all going to fall apart? Because I don't have the energy to go back there. Like, I don't have the energy to go back no. to that. Like, and I had worked so hard to get to that. Yeah. And yeah. and I think we all do to get to a point where like the your brain isn't trained to ignore certain foods or prioritize certain things or guilt you into like you're out of that. And I also have a daughter who's going to be seven this summer. And for me, I just was like, I, I will never blame my mom for my image issues or my diet issues because she's only working with the tools that she has and she has her own 
you know, things that she goes through and deals with and lives her own life. But I want a different example for my daughter, because I know how those certain examples of little things that she might not have even been super conscious of affected me. And it was part of the time that she was growing up. It was part like, hi, I was a nineties baby. So like, geez right. Louise, let's talk about that. Um, so just being really conscious and knowing that I wanted to have maybe a more toned body or a more a smaller body or just feeling like I just wanted to feel really good in my body, but I didn't want to go down that path of like restriction and working out only because it helped me lose weight or like I just started to feel that spiral in that like tight chest, like, oh my God feeling. So anyway, it just kind of felt like such a great time when you reached out because I was like, yes, oh my gosh, of all the people, you'd be the perfect person to help me figure out how I could start doing that. And anyway, we did the, the, well, you asked me a bunch of questions. Yeah. So many questions. <laughs> yeah. And I remember once you sent it to me, I took like 24 hours because I started to read it. I was like, wait, 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 I'm not like, I'm not in the mindset. Like this can't yeah. be like while the kids are screaming and doing things. Yes. And yeah, honestly, and I think I've shared a little bit of how I felt, but maybe not all of it, but like, I literally felt like when I was listening to your audio, so she sends you an audio I send a blueprint and then an audio <laughs> to go with it. Even if we're working together for a long time, because I just feel yeah. like when people get the blueprint, I want them to have my voice taking them through it. Cause there's so many details and also mm -hmm. adding to it. You know, there's just so much that you just can't get down in writing. Yeah. No. And I think it was nice to have your voice because it, it wasn't just pieces of like words on a page. It was very much like, I felt like you were talking to me. I felt like you were explaining everything and oh my God, it felt like you were just explaining all of these things that I was like, is this crazy? Is this wrong? Like, why do I feel that? Like the justification that I got in like the things that I was doing and why I was doing them and why I enjoy certain things and, um, taking that like stigma away from certain things that I was doing. Um, one of the like main things for me is like eating at night, and night, night eating. That's <laughs> what, like, I'm like, I did. I was like, I should have just reviewed your plan before we got on. But the one thing that stands out to me is like, like in your human design, eating at night is actually great for you. Yes. <laughs> and I used to every diet everything. rule in the book. And you were like, I love night eating. And I'm like, because night eating is right for you. <laughs> Right. And I think for so long, I would do that because for me, it was like, and I explained, I'm like, you know, for, for me, the night eating is not um, a binge thing. It's not a hiding thing. It's not, it was never about that. It was always just throughout the day, whether it was my job previously or my kids now, whatever, I have this like pit in my stomach all day long. It's an anxiety thing. I I'm sure one day I'll be able to get over or get around it or whatever, but it just all day long, I don't have the hunger that I should to eat. And I'm very intuitive with my eating now. I'm very aware of my hunger cues. And so when I don't have them, like I'm just not going to eat something and I don't feel like I'm going to pass out or anything like that. Like I'm yeah. just, I'm very aware of that. However, the second my kids go to bed, the second, you know, the house is quiet, the second everything is like settled, I am starving <laughs> like, and yeah. I want a real meal. It's not like I'm trying to just like munch all night and, you know, eat crazy things. I just want a normal meal. I want to eat it at a table by myself. I want to just have dark lights, <laughs> maybe a TV or a show on and just yeah. like take it in. And I always thought that that was part of 
like an eating disorder because I always equated that with you didn't eat all day and then you ate at night and that was binging. But when you explained it and you were like, are your meals large? Are they like, what are you eating after that? Yeah, like time? we broke, like, we no, broke apart, like, right. Like we broke apart yeah. what was actually going on. And yeah, there can be so many messages about like, well, first of all, I think that one of the things with, with, um, women, probably all people in our culture is that our bodies are constantly proof that we're doing something wrong. So even if something yep. feels correct to us, we're constantly looking for like, what am I getting wrong? What am I getting wrong? And eating at night is always like, don't eat at night. Like that's oh I, yeah. I, like every magazine growing up, everyone was like, eat your calories earlier, blah, 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 blah. And then, then there's also the other side of it, which again, I feel like this is what healthy issues is about is understanding. Like, then there's also this pressure from the other side, which is like, there's no way that that should, that's definitely a disorder, right? Like there's no yes. way that that might be natural to you or okay for you. So like you're getting pressure from both sides. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And like hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. And so it was like interesting to break that apart. Like, don't get me wrong yeah. for anyone listening. Like if there's something going on with your eating, I like, I legitimately feel like we need to break apart. Like what part of this is you and what yep. part of it is like restriction and reactivity and all of that. But with you, when we broke it apart, I was like, this feels like you, this is you yes. it's part of your human design. It's it, the, the way that you're eating, what you're eating, how you're eating. None of it is reactive. It just feels like you, right? Yes. So let's like and take luckily- that layer off right? Let's take all that. Oh yeah. yeah. Take all the extra things around that you've been told or, or constructed around or whatever. And then when you just look at like, this is what makes me feel good. And it had also been something that like, I had been doing this for probably six months at the time because it was just naturally, I kind of gone through keto. I'd gone through plant-based. I'd done all these things. And I found this girl on YouTube, Stephanie Buttermore. If you haven't watched her all in journey is like, yeah. Oh my God. Wow. I was not a bodybuilder. She was a bodybuilder. This whole concept of all in after they go and go through bodybuilding and competitions and whatever, it's basically a refuel of their body and allowing your body to relearn how to eat and your hunger cues and, um, what you actually want and when you're hungry, when you're not hungry, when you're full, when you're not, but you know, like all of those things, cause they, because they've gone they get, through this like intense manipulation of their yes. body. Right. Yeah. And they're, they've been so in control of when those things happen because of their job, because of what they're doing. And although that wasn't, I wasn't a bodybuilder. I was also very in control like, of what di- I was well, eating. Like dieting is like was... a micro. Yes. Version. Yeah. Or it almost not doesn't a matter. Version. You say, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's a continual manipulation of your body where you're left. Exactly. With like, I don't even know what my body likes. I don't know. Yeah. No. And so I had let, I just at one point said, I don't care anymore. I need to eat. I need to be around my kids. I want my kids to see that I'm eating. I want my kids to see that I don't have this, the lettuce bun on my burger because they're having a bun on their burger. So like, let's just do it. Like, you know, so I weirdly just started eating like my kids for the longest time because I was like, this is what we're eating. This is what we're making. I'm not making it because it's, you know, just whatever food I'm, making these meals because they're nutritious. I'm making these meals because it's what they like. I'm making these meals, everything that they can be, but why am I not doing that for me? Oh, because it has grains in it or, oh, because it has this in it. And it's like, who cares? Like right now we have to fix the mental and the mental is we're going to reassociate our relationship with food. And I chose not to really read too much on things. I literally just watched a couple of webinars that she had 
done with a few different doctors. And I was like, you know what? Worst case, you gain a bunch of weight and you know how to lose it again. Right. Like what's the worst that can happen? Best case, you figure out your relationship with food and you're no longer feeling all the anxiety when it comes around eating. You can eat around friends again. You can eat socially again. Like that was all I wanted. And so yeah, doing the all in, if you will, thing was there were no restrictions. Nothing was off limit. No time was off limit. No, like there was nothing. You just, when you felt hungry, you did, you ate. And at first, yes, I did gain weight. I gained about 30 pounds in the first like six to eight months because I was eating for once instead of like holding, Being restricting, constant you restriction. know, yeah. yeah, yeah, but on my birthday every year, I have a physical at the doctor's office. And this year when she weighed me, I had lost 30 pounds. And I told you this, I think yeah. over like a voice note yeah. because I came home and I like wept. I was like, first of all, I don't know where the 30 pounds went because my body's very similar. It's just, I can now see like certain things fit me different and uh, things are a little bit tighter or whatever, but I've done nothing other than listen to what I need when I need it. And, th- and that's it. Well, I think it's really, um, and I think what I, re- what I like responded to you is that it's this affirmation that our bodies can be trusted if we allow them to find balance. Yeah. Right. Your body, you yeah. just trusted your body and it like went on a bit of a journey and then it like came back to where it wants to be. Yeah. 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 And that's it. That like, and, and it sounds so silly sometimes when, you know, I was talking to a couple of friends about it and it's like well, you know, what did you do or whatever? And it's like, I don't look that much different. So it can't be like, you're not like looking to attain like this crazy goal that I've got. But I think they see that like, I don't care. I don't, I don't feel like I have to eat the whole pack of fries. I don't feel like I have to, whatever. I just enjoy it. And I never did that before. And it's like such an amazing feeling. So having your plan really more than anything, justify that like these are good habits and you should continue to do these things and maybe add in like one big thing that we talked about was I want to add more movement I just have this like fear of like being awkward in public and so it's like movement was big in your plan right because it was kind of like I think you know like you said the food part of it was like I think she actually has this figured out and it was just like affirming and giving you lots of reasons why it was all the right things and then it was more like let's get you moving because that's something that that relationship got stressed through the journey, yes. right? And so it was like, stressed. how do we get you back to this? Because this is going to improve energy and mood and like concentration and creativity and all those things that you want. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And so how's that going? Well, um, movement wise, <laughs> definitely more just like, I'm just playing with my kids. We're running outside. We're throwing the ball around. We go for walks. When we go to the park, normally I would just sit down and be like, okay, this is my time to like take a rest. But now it's almost like I get more energy from running around and just kicking the soccer ball around or, um, Anthony and I all get on the basketball court. He loves to show me how bad I am at basketball <laughs> and that's <laughs> fine. It makes me run around. It makes me, yeah. you know, and I, I yeah. love not having like hit this many calories, do it for this long. Like there's not like no constraints. It's just move sometime during the day, <laughs> like yeah. do yeah. something. <laughs> and it's like, it, things are not necessarily perfect, but I don't think I've ever felt this like 
like I'm not weighed down. I don't feel I have so much more room in my brain to think about other things that are right. moving me forward and doing things that are positive in my life instead of constant overthinking about you ate that, you shouldn't eat this, you ate that, you shouldn't eat this. Why aren't you running? Why aren't you walking? Why aren't you like those thoughts don't even exist in my head anymore. It's just, I eat because I'm hungry and I need some fuel and I'm making really great choices because I actually know what my body needs. And even grocery shopping, I don't even like look at certain things that I would have before because I don't have that trauma to feed anymore. I'm just feeding this like happy little gnome in my body. That's like, <laughs> <"Woo-hoo>, we're eating <laughs> salad or we're having yeah broccoli or you know I don't know like yeah yeah loving it (laughs) it's amazing was there anything in the blueprint that surprised you like was there anything that you were like oh I mean besides the night eating thing that was a big one yeah I think the night eating was the main thing and I think just the idea that like movement could just be dancing yes yeah and just I I think it doesn't have to do anything it just gets you moving and I put so much weight on the fact that it had to do something or I had to be sweating or I had to you know do that where I almost felt like the movement was less about the physical feeling and more about that mental release and so you laying that out I was like oh my god like going for a walk doesn't have to mean like you're with your weights on your arms and you're like pacing yourself. It's literally just to like, enjoy the moment, clear your mind. And that in turn is going to help you make better choices throughout the day or like more, more like yeah. good for you choices. You yeah. Know? We talked, yeah. We talked about movement as like one of those keystone habits for you, right? Like getting in some movement is going to trickle into every area of your life and up level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the um other thing was, not eating things that you don't enjoy and eating like text things with like lots of flavor and texture. And like, that is oh, like, right. Me. That was part of your feeling <laughs> sensation, right? Like your, yes. was it taste? Is that your, is that your primary? I can't remember. Taste for me. Yes. But also just the, like, I don't want to eat just to eat. Like no, I, no, it I has to be that. beautiful, right? Like it's like, it has to be yeah. delicious. It has to be, yeah. It has to do with your human design. I can't, I should have pulled it up. Um, but yeah, there were some very specific things in there about like, it has to be a beautiful experience for you. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. It, and it is like, I, whether I like it or not, some days I fully cook from scratch every day, because for me, it's that ritual of chopping the onions, like mincing the garlic, getting it in the pan, smelling the fry. Like I can smell all of that. I can taste all of that. And in turn, like I'm not hoofing down a plate of food because I enjoyed that whole process. And along the way I tasted a little bit and along the way I added this and added that. And so when I sat down that smaller bowl of pasta, for example, is so much more satisfying because I went through that whole ritual of doing it. And that's all really important to you, right? Yeah. You know what I'll do is if you're okay with it, I'll just pull out a couple of the, but like when I do the intro or the outro, or I'll pull out some of the key information there, but it's really about understanding. Yeah. Like what is it that feeds us? Right. And uh, for you, that's really an important part of the process. So we have to honor yes. that. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I think that was something that I was like, yes, I do love that. And like, no wonder I feel guilty when I eat certain food because, or, or not satisfied. Like if I made a dinner that was simply just to get some food on the table, I wouldn't feel as hungry, but I would also be like, Hey, you haven't eaten much today. Like let's eat something. And I would hate that. And then I would, after dinner, even if I had eaten the whole plate, I was like still hungry, still wanting something. Because you were looking for a specific experience that nourishes you. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So interesting. I love it. And I was like, wow, like my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that stuff cool? And I do like, and I agree with you. Like I, I like used to be a little worried about coming off as too like woo or something. But I think what, what I'm aiming for with healthy-ish is that we're pairing like science. Yeah. We're pairing science with the woo. Do you know what I mean? Like we're pairing these things together so that, because the energetic is playing into things. It just is. Yeah. And it gives yeah. you so much justification and why you're do- like, or, or uh, I guess like something to tie it to why you're doing this, why things are the way that they are, because otherwise we just look at ourselves like, oh, I can't stick to a diet. Oh, I'm always choosing bad foods. Oh, yeah, like measuring the things that we do against these lessons. Like even when we're mm. trying to leave the diet culture lessons behind, it's so hard to not be like measuring what we're doing against these old parameters, right? Exactly. And feeling like they're somehow wrong. And then especially if there's body image work underneath of it, like I said, like if our bodies are continually telling us that we're doing something wrong, then it's so difficult. Like it's so easy to be like, just eat intuitively, but it's like, there's so many things in the way that get in the way. I also had the worst eating intuitively. Exactly. The intuitive eating. And you did say like, you have a really good handle on that. I was like, do I? Okay. Cause like, I think I was too conscious of the intuitive eating. Right. And... Like people get an idea of what intuitive eating should be. Yes. And it's like way more formal than it actually is. Yeah. Or yes. they're like, but I, but like, or they would say like, but I, but I'm not eating intuitively because I eat every night. And it's like, well, that's only not intuitive. If you have a belief system that eating at night is wrong and you got exactly. that from diet culture. <laughs> right? Or like, the whole idea of like, oh, that. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, cause, yeah. cause it's, it's like unlearning, like literally unlearning so much that you've learned your whole life or the way that you know things to yeah. be true or, or like real or whatever. Because like I ate too much sugar and then I break down what they're eating. I'm like, so who said that's too much sugar? Like that's, yeah. That's actually, or, lots of people eat that oh, much sugar every day. A chocolate bar. It like, I've seen a few times where it's like, oh, if you're intuitively eating and you crave a chocolate bar, you have to really think like, are you craving a chocolate bar or are you craving blah, blah, blah? No, you're craving a chocolate bar. Chocolate eat bar. the chocolate bar. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to eat everything else around it until you get to that chocolate bar. And then you'll just eat the chocolate bar. And then, yeah, yeah. Surfing. surfing and it was surfing. like, yeah. Like, I remember I'd never in my whole life taken a full, like normal size chocolate bar and just like bit into it. It was always like portioning it out. I'm going to eat a little bit now, later, whatever. And the one day that I did, and that's why I remember the sticking in my head and this person being like, yeah, well, are you craving chocolate? And I said, F that, like I am craving a chocolate bar. And so right. I ate the chocolate bar. Like I bit into that chocolate like bar. That, and it was but, so yeah. liberating. Just, like, like a Mars bar. I'm just like, oh, it's yes. so good. Yeah. It was a and Snickers, was, but was a you know, Snickers, same similar. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, anything you would have liked to see more of in the blueprint or that you would have liked more specificity on? You know what? I thought it was really detailed. I thought you really honed in on me as a person and what I was looking for. I think because I got kind of a snippet, I was excited for what does the next step look like? Yeah. So how do I implement this? Um, and just the like empowerment that kind of comes out of that plan to feel like, okay this is where we're at. And this is a clear picture of what things look like. So I don't think there was anything missing from that particularly, but it just kind of got me excited for like, like, okay, move forward. And there are more iterations, right? Like I I generally hope that like people get a fundamental idea of who they are, but obviously life changes, things change. Um, So yeah, the, the moving forward with it is really fun as well. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for like engaging in that process <laughs> and yes. being open to experimenting with it. It was just, it was so good to talk to you. It was so good. I've also just, you know, for the record worked with Alex. She's amazing. She's so good at what she does. Um, yeah. So just thank you. Thanks for being open to it. No, thank Honestly, it was such a gift. It came at such a great time. And I think it's really just shifted so many little things inside of me that I just am so grateful for and will forever be grateful for. So you are changing lives with this. <laughs> and solving problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you have a great day. He was well. Thank you. All right. That's it for me today. And don't forget if you are interested in finding your best healthyish life. If you are interested in getting a 10 plus page healthyish blueprint that is specifically and uniquely designed for you by me. If you want to go even further beyond that and and have some coaching and accountability and a team of experts in the health and healthyish wellness field, handpicked by me, vetted by me and approved by you, then I want you to go to the link in the show notes called Work With Me and find out all the juicy details about both my a la carte and deep dive, healthiest life one-on-one deep dive programs, life-changing, health-changing, whether you are managing difficult health conditions like diabetes or high blood pressure, or you are dealing with a long laundry list of subtle health conditions that no one will take seriously. I'm your gal. I'm here for you and I want to help you feel vibrant and incredible and amazing in your body without giving up on any of the adventure or croissants that life has to offer.